0: Okay, let's get to work. We've covered four fruit of the Spirit so far. And if you've been with us, maybe you know them, maybe you can remember them here, the four fruit of the Spirit. The first four fruit of the Spirit, if you, if you know them, if you remember them from the past couple weeks, they are, would you say them out loud, love, joy, peace, peace. Oh, the last one, patience, love, joy, peace, patience. And remember, we we mentioned there's a distinction. Because we're not saying work on them. You know, I've I've never mentioned work on the fruit of the Spirit. If you just work harder. What What we've talked about, there's a difference between work and fruit. Because work has this idea of striving, straining, personal effort you know if you try harder just a little more oomph that in your own strength you might be able to do this and the reality is this is a fruit of the spirit this not it's not a fruit of your personal work and effort so it's not work it's fruit fruit comes from life and so the idea is instead of effort we're saying it comes from connection. Fruit comes from connection. And fruit is the result of our connection to Jesus. In fact, Jesus says it better than I do. Now, if you look at John 15:4, here's what Jesus says, it sums it up so well. He says, "No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine." That's the connection. And then he explains it so well. He says, Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Notice he doesn't say, you bear fruit if you try harder. He says, you bear fruit if you connect to me. And so these last couple weeks, and we're going to continue to emphasize this, to bear the fruit of the Spirit, it's not a matter of working harder. It's, It's a matter of connecting more meaningfully to Jesus Christ. It starts at the cross by trusting that Jesus Christ died for your sin, that he died to forgive us. He died to bear God's penalty against us for our wrong. And then it goes into this daily connection. So not only is there a connection at the cross, I believe that Jesus died for me. Then there's a daily connection. I connect with Jesus By reading about him in his word by worshiping him like we did this morning but that doesn't just has to happen on Sunday morning let me just break this to you there's these round disc things that play music there's even these digital things that play exactly what we've been singing you can you can fill your life with this stuff all week long and worship Jesus all week long and then you can even, I know that we're, we have people in here, but you don't have to wait to Sunday to see some of these people. And to see others. You can connect with them all week long. And encourage one another all week long. And so, so here's practicing this constant connection with Jesus Christ. That's where fruit begins to erupt in your heart. So, we cover the first four. Today, we're going to cover three more. And then next week, the last two. So, today is kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. Kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. And I know some people today might be thinking, oh, snoozer, you know, I'm kind. I'm good. I think I'm faithful. Like, I've got nothing to learn here today. Well, wait until you hear this this is just going to be crazy so let's let's start with kindness let's start with kindness this all comes from galatians chapter 5 verses 22 to 23 with the fruit of the spirit love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness so let's look at kindness for a moment if you want to look these other verses up you may but they're all going to come up on the screen in just a moment The first verse we're going to look at is Titus 3-4 in just a minute. If you want to jump there, you may. It's going to come up on the screen. Kindness is this. It means to give courtesy and grace to another through your disposition and specifically through actions. Through actions. Kindness is action. And in fact, if you look up the word kindness, in Galatians 5.22, it is an action word. It is not passive. It is active. And it always reminds me of a story about Mrs. Adams when she would go to the post office. And Mrs. Adams, one Christmas time, was in the line waiting to buy stamps. And as she stood in this long, long, long line waiting to buy stamps, an employee came up to her <clears throat> and said, you know, you don't need to wait in line for the people that are up there at the booth. You can go up to the machine and just put in your debit card and you can buy stamps there. And you don't have to wait in line for the people up at the booth. And, and Mrs. Adams says, I realize that. But the machine won't ask me about my arthritis. She wanted kindness. There's a few things about kindness that we need to talk about. We don't establish what kindness is. And I, I know we try to, we say, oh, that was kind, or this is kind. They were kind. Kindness is established by God. God's character establishes what is kind. So I want to give us some very specific realities about kindness that are established by God, by Jesus Christ. This is what kindness is like. So look at the very first one. Kindness is active. Kindness is active. And here's the verse I told you about, Titus 3, 4. So look at it with me for a moment. Here specifically, it talks about the cross. It talks about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it says, but when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, so that's Jesus. Interesting, it says Jesus is God. God, our Savior, appeared. He saved us. Not because of righteous things we have done, but because of his mercy. So notice this. <clears throat> kindness is active. Jesus saved us. That is an active thing. Now notice, here's, I want to I create a difference. When we think about kindness, it's different than we think about, here's the word, nice. Now when you walked in this morning, there may have been some people in the foyer and you walked through And they may have looked at you, they may have smiled, someone may have even put their hand out to shake your hand, or maybe you went to the coffee booth, and Corey may have made you coffee, smiled, given it to you, and you said, that's nice, and it is nice. I think it's nice because coffee keeps you awake during my message. But here's something different. Nice is different than kind. Nice is polite, pleasant, a general disposition of mildness. Kind is active. I'm accomplishing or doing something of benefit and help to them. There's a difference, because you know what? We don't sing songs about God's niceness. You know, the old hymn is not, count his niceness, name them one by one. We don't sing this new song, he is nice, nice, so nice. We sing about what he's done. We say, God has been active in my life. God does things that no one else does. God has rocked it out. He's kind. And so there is this activity. It's not that he feels kind. It's that he is kind. And so just take a moment right there in your seat. Let's just think about it. What has God's kindness been for you? And, and, and I just know the tip of the iceberg, but here's just a few. You are here. You have health. You have resources. You have food. You have shelter. You have clothing. You have friends. You have church. Maybe you have a job. You have special memories you have privileges. You have blessings. Friends, we have Jesus. We've just sung about that this morning. Like, we have forgiveness through him that we cannot have through ourselves or through anyone else. And so we look at all of this and we say he has been kind. He has been generous. And he proves that he is kind by his activity to us, not just by niceness. He is so kind amen he's active that's the reality kindness is active i need to move on kindness is unconditional kindness is unconditional same verse did you look at it same verse titus 3 4 it says but when the kindness and love of god our our savior appeared he saved us and notice here's the unconditional part not because of righteous things we've done wow not because of righteous things we've done but because of his mercy. In fact, if it were because of what we've done, guess what we would get? Kindness isn't attached to feelings. It's attached to God's character. It doesn't go up or down with emotion. It doesn't go up or down with being recognized. Just think about it. If, if, if God said, "Okay, I'll be kind," as long as they recognize my kindness, how quickly would that end? So, thankfully, God's kindness is attached to His character, and He does this unconditionally for us. And here's the third one: His kindness is compelling. This is in Romans two four, and He mentions, "Do you show?" Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience? Not realizing, and here's the reality, that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. His kindness is compelling. It's intended to lead you, to draw you to repentance. And when people see who we are, and then when they see everything that Jesus has done, at the cross for us his kindness is a force it is so compelling that it draws us to repent of our wrong and to trust him you know who would do that for me who would love me so much that's kindness so it is active kindness is unconditional kindness is compelling. It's not just niceness. It's not just a smile. It is not passive. It is a force to be reckoned with. That's the kindness of God. Now, I'm just going to open up here this morning. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't know if I'm the only one in the building with this. I might be. I struggle with staying at nice. I like nice. I'm okay sometimes with smiling, shaking a hand, a nice conversation. But going forward to kindness, involving activity, going out of my way, my comfort zone, doing things that I may not feel like, that sometimes is a struggle. Maybe I'm the only one. But I'll tell you something that started to change a little bit of that for me was when someone did something for my family. And here we went, of all places, one of our favorite places, we went to Cracker Barrel many moons ago. This is when we were in New York. And our family of nine does kind of stand out, I have to tell you. We were sitting in Cracker Barrel, we were having dinner, and um, and I remember the waiter coming up to us and saying, "Um, I don't know who, I don't know why, But someone just paid for your entire dinner. And the tip. And when you're done, you can just get up and leave. I don't know if you know what a family of nine, what our bill would be like. And then I said, kids, you want to order dessert? (laughs) I I didn't say that, I didn't say that. I said, wow, that's kind. I, tell you, I had never thought of that in my entire life. I'd never thought of paying someone's bill, ever. I'd struggle to pay my own bill. And that changed things for us. And so, Every once in a while, when we go to a restaurant, and this isn't anything about us. Every once in a while, when we go, we'll kind of look around and we'll think, hey, does God want us to do something crazy, stupid, kind like that? Have you ever had that feeling? It's kind of fun now. And I'll tell you the one one that um, was recent. My wife and five kids were going to fly to Florida. To help my parents who are ailing and uh, this is just, I don't know, maybe a month and a half ago and they waited here in the airport in, in Traverse City <clears throat> and they were waiting for five hours during a flight delay and then finally after five hours it came over the intercom, your flight has just been cancelled and they're like, oh, you got to be kidding well, the whole five hours there was this poor mom and dad with their two kids and the two kids were just doing laps, you know whoosh, the whole time, and it was a tough one. It was really tough. And then finally, after five hours of waiting, it was canceled, and you could tell there was a lot of frustration. So my wife called me and said the flight was canceled, so I said, I'll come by and pick you up. Well, you know what? We weren't going to make dinner. Like, you know, enough of that. I said, I'm going to pick you up. We're going to go. And I said, let's go to Olive Garden. I'll take it to Olive Garden. So I picked him up. We went to Olive Garden. What do you know? We pull into Olive Garden, and instantly the family says, there's that family there's a family with the two kids that were going crazy and um, and so they were going to the restaurant and we parked and when we were going in they came out and they looked frustrated and of course we went in there and we found out why because it was like an hour and a half wait the, oh boy so then we said well let's go to Red Lobster no one goes to Red Lobster and so we went to Red Lobster sure enough we could take you right away you know and those people were there. And so we were nice, and we said hi, and boy, what a flight, and that was crazy, and how everything went. And they're like, yeah, it was tough. and So we were nice, and then we sat there. And while we sat there, I looked at my wife, and she looked at me. Yeah. And you know, they were ordering some things that we would not have ordered for ourselves. I said, let's go ahead and do this. And I pulled, brought the waitress over and I said, you know what, anonymous, we do not want them to know. And um, so then we all try to act nonchalant. (laughs) We've never talked so much in our life to each other, like, oh, and how are you doing, you know? Mm. And, you know, but I think they knew. The surprise was it not only impacted them. You know who it impacted? The waitress. She probably talked to us for 10 minutes. And this is nothing about me. I normally stop at nice. But someone had impacted us years ago of what going the next level into kind does and the reality is the one who's really impacted us of going the next level into kind does is jesus can i can i just mention here's here's how we know that we need to go deeper on this i've written down four things look at these signs that we need to go deeper on kindness uh, number one is, is this. It's what I just talked about. When we're satisfied with nice. And, and I'm being open. And I don't think I'm the only one. Sometimes we do that and we smile and we think, hey, that was good. I think they were impressed. I think they were impressed with my smile or with my, with my niceness or with my handshake. Or, you know, we laughed for a second. You know, we got through that and, and we're satisfied with that, with the impression. We're not thinking about the impact. Here's the second one. When we need to go deeper on kindness, when our actions of kindness are conditioned on others' actions to us. When they're conditioned on, other, on others' actions to us, you know, what have they done for me lately? You know? They haven't done squat for me lately. So I think I'm going to cut the cord. You know, what if God did that for us? Think about it. What if God said, you know, what have they done for me lately? Or here's another one. What if our actions of kindness are dependent on our circumstances or feelings? You know, what if we flew by the seat of our feelings? It's been a tough day. I don't feel like being kind. That sure would not go over well if it was God's response to us. You're not attached to feelings, you're attached to character. Or. We know we need to dig deeper when we're selfish or stingy with our resources or we just desire things for self. You know, we say, oh, I'd love to be kind, but you know what? I really want this for myself. That's when we know we need to go deeper because certainly Jesus' kindness was sacrificial, was self-denial. He relinquished from himself so much for people who were so undeserving. And so once again, how do, we, how do we grow the fruit of the spirit of kindness? It's through connection. It's, it's not through just mere effort, grit your teeth and pull up your bootstraps and here we go. It's through connection and, and we can think about the cross. We can think about the reality of what he's put aside for us to be actively Kind and gracious to us we can fill ourselves with accounts of kindness to the blind man by Jesus or the lame or the woman with a blood issue or the prostitute or the woman at the well with multiple marriage breakups we can understand all of Christ's kindness and fill that connection with him in that way connect with others here's some here's something do one thing of kindness this week one thing next week do two do two then imagine at the end of the year you're doing 52 kind things every week that would be kind of crazy wouldn't it i know crazy awesome just imagine doing one thing two things a week of kindness do them as a family them to your family. Okay, I got a truck. I need to be kind to you and end somewhere near on time. So let's move through. That was kindness. Here's the last two. Goodness and faithfulness. Goodness and faithfulness. And I'm going I'm to put these two together because Jesus did in this account. If you want to go there in your Bible, it's Matthew 25, 14 to 18. Otherwise, I'm going to put it up on the screen right here. It's um, Matthew 25, 14 to 18. Goodness and faithfulness are next. And so here's the account. Look at it with me. And uh, is our air conditioning a little bit low here today? Does it feel a little warm? I'm feeling it. I don't know. Maybe it's just all of you people breathing toward me. You only get one of me breathing toward you and you all breathe it. Anyway, it's hard up here. Anyways, okay, here's, the, here's Matthew 25. Look at this. It says, um, again, it will be like a man going on a journey. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this account. This is a parable about a master. This guy was loaded. He was loaded with money. And his estate was gigantic. So here he was going to go on a long journey. And he pulled together three servants is how the account goes. So he pulled together his servants and he entrusted his wealth to them. So the first one, he gave five bags of gold. Some, some translations call them talents. They're units of measurement, of weight. And so five bags of gold. And so the, the Knaves Topical Bible mentions that a bag of gold could have been worth up to a quarter million dollars. And so five times a quarter million would be point two five million dollars that's not too bad is it so the first servant got one point two five million dollars the next one he gave two bags of gold five hundred thousand dollars and then the third one bag of gold we always felt bad for the third servant oh he only gave him one bag two hundred fifty thousand dollars folks I don't feel bad for him, do you? So he gave him $250,000. So 1.25 million, 500,000, 250,000. And each one according to his ability. Then he went away on his long journey. So here's what happened. The man who had received five bags, 1.25 million, went at once, now notice that phrase, went at once. Time is money. He didn't waste any time, went at once, put his money to work, <clears throat> gained five bags more. So 1.25 times two is. Let's see if you're awake. It's woo woo woo. Okay, great. You guys are sharp at math. It's 2.5 million. I want you to know I totally blew all these calculations in the first service. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better. Okay. Now all you're gonna watch the first service to see what I did. The second guy, two bags of gold, gained two more. So he had 500,000 times two is? a Okay, great. And then the third guy just dug a hole in the ground, stuck the quarter million in there, 250,000, and hid his master's money. So 250,000, Times one. You should do better on this one. Is? Oh, you guys are so sharp today. I'm really proud of you. So interesting. This is how it went. And then the master comes back. Now, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the account. But the master comes back after this long journey. And he pulls aside the first two servants. And here's where... Good and faithful, goodness and faithfulness come to play because the the master gets those guys who had doubled the investment and he says, Okay, what did you do? And they said, We doubled it. Here's 2.5 million. Here's 1 million. And the master says to them, Would you say it with me? Well done. Good and. Exactly. You're good. You're faithful. That's goodness. That's faithfulness. Jesus defined it in that parable. They are the same exact Greek words as Galatians 5, 22. The only difference in Matthew 25, they're nouns. In Galatians 5, or I'm sorry, in Galatians um, 5, they're nouns. In Matthew 25, they're adjectives. Good and faithful. So here's here's these same root words. And so when led by the Spirit of God, we are involved in work, just like the first two servants. However, think about this, stay with me. When we are led by the flesh, like the third servant, we're afraid, we're faithless we are passive we do not multiply we may get a participation sticker but we end up with nothing more than what we started with are you with me on that friends i've just talked about the church of america goodness and faithfulness are different so i want to tell you here's what Jesus talked about in that parable about goodness and faithfulness. Goodness and faithfulness, I just want to give you these and then we're going to finish up. Goodness and faithfulness value what God values. Oftentimes we say, oh, you know, you know what good is? This is what good is. You know what faithfulness is? This is what faithfulness is. Oftentimes we think good is just not being bad. Sometimes we think um, about the inverted value system. And it's true, like what Isaiah said back 2,600 years ago Isaiah said this in Isaiah 5 He said woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness who put bitter for sweet and Sweet for bitter and and how true that is that's our society right now, you know People are totally flip-flopping the price tags on life And what was good is bad and what was bad is good That's that's happening all through society right now. We see it. It's obvious However, what's talked about as far as goodness is not merely just not badness. Because sometimes people, even in our church culture, say, well, I'm good because I'm not bad. That's not what Jesus is saying. Good is active. Faithfulness, oftentimes people say they're faithful because they show up every week. They're always there. Faithfulness is not merely attendance. The whole idea, we value what God values, there's a value system where people are active. But there's also a value system where people are inactive, they're do-nothings, they're passive like the third servant because they don't actively engage in an ungodly pattern but they'll view themselves as good and faithful because they don't do bad things. And they'll say, you know, I didn't do anything bad. But Jesus says, but you didn't do anything good. And he calls them out, Jesus did in the parable. He says, you're wicked and you're lazy. I didn't call you to not just do stuff that's not bad. I called you to do good. There's a good and the faithful. And here's what else they do. They have a different value system, and here's, here's what else. They're proactive and they're advancing. I'm going to tell you what, what these guys, the first two servants did. They're proactive and advancing, even risk-taking. Because in the Bible, it says they put their money to work. They didn't just put it in the bank. Let's just put it in the bank and earn your interest. No, no, no. They bought, they sold, they worked it. They took risks. You know, um, putting it on the bank is what verse 27 talked about. That's not what they did. These guys made their money work. And they did it, the two words that were just really sticking out to me, they did it at once. They did it immediately. Time is money. They didn't wait. They said, this is the master's money. We're going to go for it. The, the phrase I, that I popped out to me is they worked what was given them for the good of the one who gave it. They're like, this isn't my money. God gave it to me. Boom, let's do it. Let's do it right now. I'm going to work it for the one who gave it to me. And then here's the third thing. I just want to give this to you and we're going to pull the net together. They are multipliers for God's kingdom. Goodness and faithfulness are multipliers for God's kingdom. These servants knew that their purpose wasn't for themselves. They were there for their master. Their everyday effort was to advance their master's kingdom, not theirs. Think about this. Their success was multiplication and his multiplication, not theirs. For them, it was genuinely seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. For them, it was authentically your kingdom come Your will be done type of a mentality. That was the measure of success for their lives. Period. Period. It was about multiplication. I want to drill down on this. I'm going to leave you with one challenge that may make you uncomfortable today. Then we're going to go. Science, we need to dig deeper on goodness and faithfulness. Here's number one. When the values of society compel you more than the values of God's kingdom. Okay? Are we thinking about this? When the values of society compel you more than the values of God's kingdom. It's a value check. What draws you? What tugs at your heart? That's something you have to answer in your mind. What's your value set? When you've received things from God, what do you want to do with it? Here's number two when showing up for church is the standard rather than multiplying God's kingdom. I'm talking to the Church of America today and to myself. When showing up for church, is the standard rather than multiplying god's kingdom god has called us to make disciples that's the call that's the commission another sign we need to dig deeper on goodness and faithfulness when fear you ready when fear paralyzes you rather than faith propelling you when we say i can't do that That's way beyond my comfort zone. That's not first and second servant uh, servant material. Last sign you need to dig deeper on goodness and faithfulness when you feel you can care for God's kingdom another time. I can do it another day, another time. I want to. I really do. Uh, Just not today. Uh, Not this week. Not this month. I'll do it another time. I'll get to it. That's not first or second servant material. Goodness and faithfulness. Now remember, as we finish, we're not talking work. We're talking connection talking connection to Jesus because He's good. He's faithful. Connect with Him at the cross. You need to realize what He's done for you through His death on the cross. Embrace that. Believe it. Confess who you are to Him and embrace who He is to you. He's your forgiver. He's your leader. And then connect with him daily through his word, through worship, through other believers, through prayer. And I'm going to tell you one last thing that'll make you uncomfortable, but I love it. You ready? Are you sitting down? I want to encourage you and challenge you to be a multiplier like the servants to be a multiplier this year to multiply my wife and I have the multiplication thing down pat friends but as a believer that all of us multiply That we not get to the end of this year and it just be us. But that you invite someone into your life. You're walking with Jesus and this is all you do. I want to make it simple and I want to deprofessionalize this. It's not for the paid, professional, holy man. It's for all of us. All you do is you walk with Jesus and you invite someone else to walk with you. Would you walk with me? Let's meet for coffee once a week. Let's talk about what we're doing together. Let's be real with each other. Wherever they are, multiply. Wouldn't it be cool if we got to the end of this year and as God's servants, we turned to him? And he said, well done, good and faithful servant. Multipliers, kingdom advancers, by my spirit, good and faithful. Huh? Would you stand with me? God, that's my prayer over us, over me. Active, kind, the value set of Jesus, faith filled multipliers. And we can't do this, Father, on our own just by muscling through. We need your Spirit. These aren't things accomplished in the natural, but in the supernatural. Not through the flesh, but through the connection to Jesus Christ. God, help us not short-sheet the process, but rather to go deep to enjoy every day practicing the presence of God. Help us be different, not the typical church of America. Help us to be disciple makers, not the third servant, but may you say good and faithful. Do something special in us. Only explained by you. And we will give you the credit. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you, friends. God bless you. Have a great afternoon. We'll see you in the foyer.